Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This content contains offensive language such as the phrase tiddlywinks. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Envy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we are recapping Shatterglass. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's convene with the council. This is a recap episode, so it's going to run a little differently. We we don't need to tell you what happened in the book. We already talked about all that. So we're just going to jump right in here. And I'm going to ask everybody, what was your biggest takeaway from Shatterglass? My big takeaway is revenge sucks, basically. Like, revenge is bad. Revenge, typically, not a good thing. We see that the ghost is actually seeking revenge, and it doesn't work out for him. Triss almost kills him out of revenge, and we all kind of agree that it was a good thing she didn't. And then also just that how not black and white good and evil are because this shattered glass kind of plays as a foil to cold fire where we know exactly who it is and he's just this great guy, but he's also this terrible guy. And in this case, we kind of have the reverse where we really don't like this guy at all. He's a terrible person murdering innocent people and fucking with everybody. And then when we actually meet him, we're like, oh shit, we also recognize just how screwed over his he was in his life. Evil isn't born out of nothing, I guess. I have to second you on the revenge aspect. I already talked about this previously, but I know with the other three books, it also talked about how revenge was bad. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, revenge is bad. But then this book, it definitely hit it home for me, especially with the line, do you deserve to kill him? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, yeah, that right. it is bad. So that line itself is like, oh, I was just like, ah, whatever, revenge, blah, whatever. Sometimes it's okay, but then reading that line is put in a whole different perspective for me. Yeah, that line really hit home with me as well. Yeah, most definitely. However, for me, my biggest takeaway is being more mindful of class and racial differences. Like, we, we see in this book especially how wide that divide is and how people are treated like less than human. I mean, that's something that people have to deal with every day in the real world puts it into a perspective, I feel, that maybe someone who hasn't seen that kind of gets the the idea of how bad that divide can be. 
Goodwin, biggest takeaway? Um, an unjust society leads to resentment. Very much in the same vein, but it's, like you said, this one's kind of a foil compared to the, the, the previous, you know, bad guy in the book. Clearly, the ghost's actions weren't just or correct, but it's not a, can you blame him, but what do you expect when you have that sort of society in place where there's people so far below you that they're, they're treated as not even human. That's going to be the end result. You're going to have people fight back in any way they can. And it's, you know, it's, we have some of that in our society. It's, I don't think it's totally to the extent that it is in the book, but, you know, it kind of, not to get political or, <laughs> or to take us into a rabbit hole, but, you know, like with the Black Lives Matter protests, when, Mm-hmm. When people are murdered in the streets for committing the crime of selling loose cigarettes, what, what else can you do? When you get fired for kneeling, doing a quiet protest, what else is left? What else can you do? You can't be surprised by this outcome. Is destroying other innocent people's businesses fair or correct? No, but at what point, what else do you have? What else can you do? But that's what happens in unjust societies. You know, there, there, there comes a point where the inequity and the resentment just gets too high, and the people at the bottom lash out the only way they can. And we should try to not do that as much, to try to make a more just society. It's a good example of, like, this is the reason that we should fight for equality, because when you harbor inequality, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but when you do that, then you're shooting yourself in the foot, because they treat the Prathmuni terribly what happens is one of them starts killing people and using their whole system against them if you want to reduce crime you should improve quality of living let's move on to maybe a little bit uh happier note who's your favorite new character from this book definitely Keth. oh my goodness he's so funny he's so great i love him he's so snarky and he would have to be having a teacher like tris and he's just so cute i love him to death (laughs) he's great i think Keth is a delight and as an adult I think it's really fun to have more adult characters in the series. I mean, obviously, it's a series for kids, and so the main characters are kids. And I love reading YA literature, but it's really fun to have a book where the main characters are a young person and an adult. I think also reading as it reading it as an adult, having Keth be an adult is a good reminder that sometimes people younger than you have good ideas as well, and. They might be way better equipped to handle the things that you're trying to learn as well. And you can learn things from all sorts of people, even people younger than you. So I think that's a good reminder. Yeah, for sure. I really like the pairing off of Tris and Keth. I feel like they probably both have a lot to learn from one another because like you said, obviously Keth is literally learning from Tris and he has to learn like he can't rush this and and he's constantly trying to push himself push himself too hard and she keeps telling him like no and finally he kind of figures that out but also I know that I said towards the beginning of the book that like because Keth is an adult he handles the situation much more maturely than other characters might because he has this interaction with Tris where legit activates his PTSD and he comes out of it 
And his reaction is, well, maybe she's right. Maybe I have magic and I should go find out about this. And that is a maturity level. Like if Keth had been a kid, then we wouldn't have seen that. And so, and honestly, like Tris is great, but in ways she is still kind of immature. And so I think that working with him will help her develop that maturity and become an adult yeah yeah I love Keth I've said on here before at first I didn't like him when I was a kid because I thought he was an old man oh Uh, man that's so funny (laughs) but in my rereads Keth has become one of my favorite characters I have discovered that I really like this like sort of trope of a person who is very intelligent and yet simultaneously a complete idiot. And I feel like Kath very much falls into that category. What about you two? I like Chime. Chime is awesome. I love I mean, a little glass like dragon. Like, come yeah. on. It's sassy. It's pretty. It knows it's pretty. And it's a fucking dragon. So, like, when you tell it to do <laughs> stuff, it's just going to fucking chomp on shit and, like, shoot glass into people. Like, that's pretty fucking sick. It's really cool. When I first read this, really liked Kath the first time I read this. So, like, I, I found this character really fun. And, I mean, like, that's not quite the right word, but it's an enjoyable character. However, this time around, as I was reading it, I found out that I really actually like Dama. Like, I love yeah. the complexity of his character. And I love that, like, there are moments when you're like, yes, you're a good person. Like, that's how you do it. And a breath later, you're just like, what are you doing? What's wrong? He reminds me of Crane in that sense. Yeah. Mm. I realized on this read how much I actually really liked him. For me, he seemed more human than (laughs) most of the other, like, investigators that we've seen in the other books. And so I think that's what I feel like it's probably because we spend more time with him than we do the other investigators. Oh, yeah, right. most definitely. Because he's there from the very beginning of the book. The other ones yeah. are introduced partway through, or they get murdered partway through. <laughs> so. yeah. Reading it back through, like, I didn't really care for him when I first read it. Now, keep in mind, like, that's still, like, pre-teen, early teen indie reading this and going, eh, cop. <laughs> I've always been ear cops, but I actually really, really like his complexity. He's very much a product of his environment. Yeah, yes. it, it he really makes Stereo seem like more of a real place because of the way it actually affects people who grew right. up there and the way that he yeah. acts. Yeah, it definitely makes him more and more... He's got some depth to him, for sure. He's this character who I recognize just how flawed he is, but I have so much hope for him. Mm-hmm. And I... I think having hope for Dama is also for me the same as having hope for myself and having hope for like our country. Like Goodwin said, like he's a product of his environment and you can see that a lot of his prejudices and his actions where we're going, you're torturing people, this is ridiculous. We also see that he has the potential to grow. We, we actually see him starting to change and looking at all of these rules that he grew up with and going like, no, no, like, this is bullshit. I don't know. I guess if Dava can do it, maybe all of us can. <laughs> yeah. There's hope for us yet. What would you change about this book if you could change something? Or would you? To be honest, I can't think of a good way to change anything to get 
the impactful outcome that we get. Yeah. I feel two points trying to be ma- made in this. One of which is, hey, look, revenge is not good. Don't do that. And a reflection of looking at class and how mm-hmm. it affects people's mindsets. So I don't think that there's really much that can be changed. However, why couldn't have Glocky's one of Glocky's moms stayed alive? Like why? just one of them. Glocky. Just one. That's it. I'm just asking for one. I'm not asking for both. Because Glocky has to go with Triss, and if she has no attachments, it's easier to do it that way. I'm mm-hmm. so sad. I understand, but it's it, so sad. Well, uh, Yali had to die too, so uh, Kath and Triss can get together instead of Kath being with Yali. So. Oh yeah. my god. Kath, uh, d- <laughs> Tamara Pierce is so beyond our our understanding on how to get stuff done she's just like you know i'm gonna make you feel really bad and it's all gonna work out at the end i do feel like part of that is the emotional impact because what pierce is doing by killing off both irulima and yali and orphan and glocky is she is making it personal for tris not just keth but for tris and therefore it's personal for us. So we go on this journey with Triss. And when we get to that end, we understand exactly where her revenge is coming from. And on some level, maybe you're even kind of rooting for it. We're like, yeah. And Fine. that's what, yeah. And that's what makes Dema's line so impactful. Yeah. Because she says he deserves to die, but do you deserve to kill him? Yep. And I don't think it would have had that impact if we had not lost Ira and Yali. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, there's nothing that really can be changed right. that doesn't get the same impactful. But yeah. like, God damn, dude, like this poor kid. That's yeah. where I was with Cold Fire. I was like, well, what if we changed this? Nope, nope. Like it wouldn't be as good. Part of me wanted I'm... to say to change it to it being the government instead of the Prof Mooney because I was so upset that it was the Prof Mooney. But if it would have been the government, then there would have been no change for the Prof Mooney because this horrific thing happens and then they're all warned about it and they're able to escape and then they're able to make negotiations to try to make their situation better. If it would have been the government that did it, the Prof Mooney wouldn't have been able to start negotiations to try to be able to make their lives better. There's nothing that could be changed. Yeah, like Goodwin said, kind of emphasizes the fact that when you put people down that far, something bad is going to come out of it. They are going to rise up. It might take a while, but it's going to happen. And I feel like that maybe has a harder impact than like, it turns out to be kind of some kind of government conspiracy, especially because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like when I watch murder mystery TV shows or whatever, like when I look engage with other murder mystery literature, I feel like I see that plot line more like, oh, it actually turned out to be like the detective. Like on the Rescue Rangers. Yeah, yeah. And in Rescue Rangers, they talk about how it's a trope. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. it actually turned out to be the dirty cop. And and they broke the cop. <laughs> It's become a trope at this point. I think of Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap turns out to be the police officer. I mean, granted, he's not a he's not actually a police officer. He's masquerading as a police officer, but that's who it turns out to be at the end. I wouldn't actually want this to be a change to the book, but I would be interested in how this story read if Keth was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. mostly because when I was a kid, I like 
I was like, this would be really interesting. Like if he was a 12 year old, I do not think that it would be better. I want a chapter or two of that draft just to, just to like explore the story. Like, oh, I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did. Dear Tamara Pierce, if you have one chapter of the version of Shatterglass for Kath as a child, please send it to me. I would love to read it. I know what Brittany would change. (laughs) It's the same thing that she would always change. The mention of kid? Yes. (laughs) Yes. No more. No more. (laughs) Understandable. No more. Stop it. It's been eight books already, Tammy. No more. We get it. Enough. (laughs) Enough is enough. I really hope. bring back Power, power like a cloak. That'd be great. Bring that one back. Kid, explaining kid. No more. Don't do it. Stop it. I'm at this point where so one, I I'm sad that power like a cloak died out because right? I wish that it had been in every book. It'd been great. But I'm at a point where I really hope it's in the next three, where kid is in the next three books because it's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, we could do without that. Goodwin, is there anything that you would want to change? Uh, you kind of took mine out of my mouth because I, I also went through just thinking like, what if it we we changed this thing? Then I kind of went with, you know, Brittany, like what, what if it was the government behind it the whole time? Like I thought initially, no, mm-hmm. it just, it, it wouldn't have been as impactful. It wouldn't have been as thought provoking, I think. I think it was a really, yeah. really good, really it's solid really book. Good. If I had to say something, you would cops, also change it. More cops dying, maybe. I, I don't know. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, 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 listen, I'm just shooting from the hip here. <laughs> I've got one. I've got a thing I would change. Are you ready? Right. We've actually talked about this. Tris saw uh, Daja Briar. Oh, yeah. But she didn't see Sandry. Mm. That is it. That is what I would change. I wish she would eat floating cake. She'd be like, what the fuck was that floating cake? I think what she should have seen is Posco dancing the net at the end of the book. So she could have seen like the nets on the tile floor, on the like red and white tile floor and Posco dancing in it. And maybe something weird about the net where it's like, I don't know what this is made of, but it like gives me the just to see it in my vision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I think she should have seen. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Something like floating that. cake would be so funny. <laughs> that would be <laughs> fucking hilarious. Let's be honest, though. Especially if that was like her first vision, like her first vision on the wind, like maybe or maybe after the sailboat. Like, so the first okay. thing she sees on the wind is uh is the boat, and then the next thing she sees is like floating cake, and she's like, "What the fuck?" I'm hallucinating now. <laughs> I, I I want to say I mentioned mine or this a couple of chapters ago but chunks just chunks flying everywhere Ooh, like, no, no, no she no, doesn't know what they are no. she doesn't know what they are she doesn't know what the context is just like chunks just no sad no. no. this book is violent enough as is no yeah. well i was gonna say like I, I i think that like the dancing the net would be cool or the fisherman bringing yeah. in the fisherman would have been good because the one with Daja is so it's so ordinary. It's just like yeah. people trying to put out a fire. So it could have even been in that same list. So like instead of like the yeah. the Smith working, which is kind of random, it could have been the people trying to put out the fire and then people hauling in like a whole bunch of fish. And you go like, wait, Daja. I think that would have been nice. I'm not sure why that wasn't added in. I feel like it's because Daja's- um. 
Sandry, at the end of the book, sends letters to everybody stating that they're going to have to be on the lookout for students. So her thing would not be happening simultaneously with everybody else's. That would have already happened in the past. She would have been able to see their stuff. Yeah, Mm. well, I mean, we see we see that she sees Briar's garden. Well, I'm assuming that Briar's, Triss's, and Dodge's all happens at the same time. Sandry's is the only one that isn't at the same time. No, because we know that Dodge's happens in the winter. Well, she's Briar's up north, so it's always cold in the north anyway. But so. it specifically says that it's during the winter because the canals have frozen over. That's true. And they're about to celebrate the midwinter festival where there's like yeah. no light at all. So, But uh, like, I mean, even if Triss's took place beforehand and she sent all these letters, like you, you have to imagine Hosko's still there, still dancing. And so he's probably still doing stuff like dancing the nets to bring in fish hulls. And even if not, that is something that's core to that book and is core to that part of the world. Yeah, it would just make sense, even if it's not like a massive haul. Just seeing people pulling fish in would just be a nice, a nice tie-in. Yeah, like I said, I'm not 100 sure why Tammy didn't throw that, but threw the other two in. But I think she just couldn't come up with an idea. Like I honestly think that she went, I don't know what to put in from Sandry's, especially because in ways, Magic Steps and Shatterglass echo each other a lot. Um, Like they both start with like a dead body in a fountain. Yeah. And so she may have been like, I don't really want to have stuff from what's going on in here because it'll feel too heavy and yeah. wasn't sure what else that she could put in that's why i'm saying the cake was imperfect it would have helped <laughs> <laughs> there would have been some levity to it yeah she could have also seen like stuff from yasmin's dance school mm, um, yeah. yeah she just needed yeah. to talk to us we could have gave her plenty of ideas i know why didn't she do come that? on tam you're a time on, traveler man. you could have asked <laughs> so true so true so true <laughs> This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What do you hope to see in the next book or uh, what do you want to see more of? like from this from book this or book? in yeah. so They mentioned the Yaskadasi queen, but we didn't really see much about her and I wanted to see more about her. So mm. I think that would have been something cool to see. And then I was also confused a little bit at the end. Tris is going to be moving on soon. Is Keth full mage now? And if he's not, who's going to be his teacher now if she moves on? Probably Dama. But he knows nothing about lightning. By the time we get to the end, we've said Keth has this under control at this point. The fact that Triss is around to help teach him lightning is kind of just a sheer luck coincidence. Super convenient. They're, they're like yeah. the only two lightning mages in the world. Obviously, they're going to get back together because they belong together. But uh, <laughs> they're not <laughs> They're not just going to like stay together forever. They are, but they're not. You know, they're gonna have joint custody over Glocky, so he's gotta they gotta <laughs> see each other again anyway. Right. <laughs> yep. You can't can't just take the baby from the dad. Like he's gotta see her. I I think that what I would like to see more of would have been more of the dynamic between Nico and Kath. Mm, I think yeah. they only like really talked like twice. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, at the very beginning and then at the end. Yep. Yeah, I I th- I think I would have liked would have liked to see more of that. Just uh, you know, mm-hmm. a student with their teacher's teacher, and you know, we we get a little bit of that. But I, I think expanding on that would have been would have been interesting. And that dynamic would be especially interesting because Kath is an adult. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole thing's weird, and I think it just adding a little more weirdness to it would have been would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't make it awkward like Frostbite or anything. You know, <laughs> I, I think it'd be a different type of awkward. Yes, Nico's I... type of awkward. <laughs> this is why Nico and Frostbite are friends. They yeah. both understand awkward just in different ways. Frostbite does it on purpose, though. Nico yeah. has no clue he's being awkward. Nico's kind yeah. of socially awkward mm-hmm. yeah. in I reading think... situations like that. 
I feel like we've talked somewhat before about the uh, reading of Nico on the spectrum. Yes, um, I believe we have. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I want to see more of. Like, I really want to know what becomes of the Prof Mooney unionizing. Mm-hmm. I want to see Keth do more living glass. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in like what happens to Dama as well, which I think c- will probably connect into the Prof Mooney unionizing. I'm also really interested now, like now that Brittany mentioned it, I'm really interested in like seeing like Glocky like get older and kind of what happens to her. I feel like of these four books, the one that I most want a sequel for, like a like Shatterglass 2, um, is this one. I want to know what happens in Tharios after they leave. Like, yeah, same. I Do things get fixed. More of Dama and Kat yeah. and all of this. She's created such an interesting world and now we're saying goodbye to it so quickly. I want to change something. Uh, that I said earlier about stuff that I want to see changed. I, I want that. I, I want more of the city. Yeah, because yeah. all the other three books, we get a little bit of aftermath of seeing things that happen afterwards. This one is just like, okay, this is what happened. The end. I don't feel like we necessarily get much more though, because like I think about Cold Fire and about what we get is Beth, Ben is executed. And, but you see them um, rebuilding at the end. Yeah, in you fire. So you see that. You don't get to see any of the aftermath, really, for To Shatterglass. me, I feel like the Prof Mooney essentially unionizing is the equivalent of them rebuilding in Cold Fire. Yeah. That's it's, true. It's like that first little step. Cold Fire, they're going to rebuild the hospital and like things are going to go on. Mm-hmm. But I guess what it is, is this ending has more conflict built into it. Yeah. Cold Fire has wrapped up more of the conflict. They're just going to rebuild and life resumes like it always has. This one, life is going to be completely different. Everything's going to change. Right. And I want to see what life looks like now that it's changed. Exactly. I think think that's probably roughly the case with the other two books too. Life is mostly going to carry on the way it was before. Yeah, it can't at the end of Shatterglass. No, dear Chandra Pierce, please write Shatterglass two. <laughs> like I, I Shatterglass I two, Kef's We don't even need the same characters or anything. You no. can just pick up a new character that's still there and like tell us how life it. Maybe a Pratt Moody character. I mean, that'd be mm, cool. There you go. See, I was gonna say no, 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 same characters because like the first four books were what Sandra's book, Trish's book, Dodger's book, Briar's book. So this is gonna be Shatterglass two, Kef's book. Yeah. Or or the return of Triss. She's older now. <laughs> uh, but I actually I really like the idea of it being written from a Prof Mooney character. That would be so interesting. Yeah. Um, and you could still have Keth and Dama in there. You could even, you know, because this book narrates between the like we switch point of view between three of them, Triss and Keth and Dama. You and can have the could same even kind of see thing. Pro- the Prof Mooney character interacting with Dama as exactly. like and maybe, you know, maybe Dama has like come around and is no longer torturing Prof Mooney and needs help solving a case. And they're like, ah, you're going to torture me. And he's like, no, no, no. I've moved past that now. That was <laughs> the old me. I have learned from my friend Keth, who has taught me that torture is bad. <laughs> I definitely like the idea of it being told from a Prof Mooney's perspective but like kind of not necessarily as like an ambassador Mm -hmm. going through the uh unionizing and like whatnot but that kind of character that's trying to on the sideline just watching everything unfold in front of him 
I think that'd be cool. I, I really like that idea of going through the rebuild process and like the actual going through the unionizing and how it changes on a personal level, like on a microscopic level, how it changes mm-hmm. everything more so than on the grand scale because we know kind of what's going to happen on the grand scale but we still we could see what kind of prejudice still remains because you have to imagine there's some right and then kind of how that's built in and handled with the new basically the new order i think it would be super interesting I also want to know who is taking out their trash. <laughs> like, right. I want to see that argument. I want to see the, the council. The cops. The cops are doing it. Who the <laughs> hell is going to take out the trash? Yeah. The lower class cops are doing it. I mean, probably. Shit I mean, rolls downhill, right? Makes sense to me. This question is for me and Indy. How was this book different this time around? I think of a good way to phrase it. Sorry, sick well, brain. We did already talk about how like your opinion of Dama is different. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a huge thing. This time around, I didn't see it as he was a necessary evil, I think is kind of how I viewed him the first time I read it. Mm-hmm. This time, it's not necessarily that. It's he's also there to grow. We, we see Triss grow and we right. see Kath grow, but I think Dama's also there to grow and change into a different person. And obviously, I have I have a better opinion of Dama now. <laughs> But I also think that now that I'm able to actually pick up on the nuances of basically like the class, I don't want to say it outrages me, but I don't know of a better way to put it. Because yeah, it it is kind of one of those. This is this is a theme that we see reflected in day to day in our world, and it's hard to come to terms with at times mm-hmm. that it really is that fucked. Also, I know that you said it while we were talking, you didn't realize how often the Prefmini show up. Right. Because I didn't either. I, I kind of want to go back and reread it to see exactly because I noticed it and I was like, that's, I don't remember this. Right. Like, because you, you're not supposed to remember them. They're invisible. Right. That's, that's the whole point. And so, like... Which, can we just point out, is an additional element to what makes the murderer being called the ghost so perfect? Oh my god, right. Just so good. I I still think that is just a phenomenally good, tight writing. And, like, I didn't notice it the first time at all. That completely went over my head. And then this time, I didn't start picking it up until, like, chapter five or six. And I was like, hold on. I don't remember this. It's interesting for me, like I already mentioned the whole thing about like, I originally thought Keth was an old man, but I've, I've read this book a couple of times now. I fell in love with Keth a while back still. I was kind of giddy going into this one because I'm like, yes, I'm going to see Keth. I'm so excited because I love Keth. I realized on this read just how much I like this one. I'm pretty sure that my favorite two books in the series are The Will of the Empress and Battle Magic, which are coming up. And I will talk more about why those are my favorites when we get there. I realized like, two or three chapters in, I'm pretty sure Shatterglass is my number three. And I think part of it because I really like this book. And it, it, well, this is your number I, I three. Say, I'm so excited. 
So I will say Will of the Empress, I think is a, is a favorite for a lot of people. I hear a lot of people talk really well about Will of the Empress. Battle magic is like more controversial, which is why I say like, I'll talk about why when I get there. Will of the Empress, I like because I'm pretty sure I like it just because I feel like it's really well written and I like the things that happen and the way they happen. And it just feels like everything, the way everything comes together, I really like it. Just throwing that out there, me saying like, oh, we're going into my two favorite books. They they might not be your favorites. They might not be as good as these. Yeah, Shatterglass, I think, is is my number three. And part of it is that rereading the beginning, I realized just how cinematic it feels. Like if I was going to pick one book out of the 11 to adapt into a film, I think Shatterglass would be the best. And I've been thinking about like, you know, if I was going to read one of these books with my class, which one would it be? Because I couldn't read the whole series with my class. And I think Shatterglass would be would be a really good candidate. It'd probably be that or one of the two books about Daja. So yeah, I, I realized that I really like it. And part of it is because it's like just beautiful. The world that she paints is so vibrant, but also because I realized going in just how often the Prath Mooney show up and just how much I forgot that they were there. And I feel like that is a genius piece of writing. The fact that Pierce writes these characters, they are invisible in society. And then I realized on this read, and probably only because we're doing this chapter by chapter close read of it, I realized, oh, they have been invisible for me too. I'm sure that was purposeful. And it was so well done. Tamara Pierce, you are a goddess. And I hope to one day have a flicker of your writing prowess. I think that that was a brilliant piece of writing. But then also that along with like what you said, Indy, about Bema and about he is an additional protagonist, whereas the other investigators are instruments of the story. This read really made me reflect on like myself and my life because the character who I am probably most like is Thema. I am not the outsider in the world that I am living in. I am the person who is in the system, who has grown up in the system and wants to help people, but also probably screwing up on the regular because it's what I'm used to. It's really made me think a lot about just how similar this world is to our world. And not just like, cause there's like the obvious, oh, well there's a caste system, which is like the Hindu caste system or whatever, but like just how similar this book, like how many parallels can be drawn between this book and 2020 USA um, or 2022 USA what that means for me to the self-reflection and the changes that I need to make in my own life. Hopefully that will have a positive impact on me going forward in my life. It's been a ride. Yes. And with that, I'm out of questions because we're going to save our predictions for the next episode. We decided if Indy was going to go ahead and read the whole book before. Last I understood, Indy is going to do predictions with y'all. And then and she then has read the whole to book. read as far as she wants up to the end of the book. I see. Oh, um, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and I'm going to mark a very specific part in this book. And I'm going to like put a post-it note in it and be like, Indy, you need to text me as soon as you finish reading this part because I want to know your reaction. Do we still want to also do yeah. like kind of a debrief after I get finished with my yeah. first time? Because that, that way that- we can get your first reactions to it as well, and then she can just put them in later. 
Right. So uh, our plan is that Indy will not know anything about this book going into predictions. And then nothing that will... I haven't already gleaned right. from some of the shit you've said. <laughs> I've given a lot of clues. You've given a lot of stuff away. Sorry, it's hard to contain my energy. No, uh, it's good. Going into my favorite book. Uh, yeah, so I, I believe our plan is Indy will know more or less, no more than Brittany and Goodwin going into the next episode where we will recap the entire quartet. And then Indy will have license to read the entirety of Will of the Empress. And then we, Indy and I will privately have a debrief session, which we will release after the rest of us are done reading the book. So yeah, it'll just be a fun, like additional bonus episode that yeah. you can anticipate at the end of the story. That's a wrap. Tune in next week for our recap of the entire Circle Opens Quartet. Yay! Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Dima joins Heath, Triss, and Ilahi for midday confectionery? Confining? Uh-huh. That this will not be them that down Kopesh? Yes. Like the old Egyptian sword? Uh-huh. Continue. Awesome. He plans to living in scratched plans out things. Mm-hmm. Literally scribble. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.